If you study the in-betweens of achievement, you understand how to create your life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Beautiful people, happy, happy Sunday. This is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and I got to be honest with you, we have some pretty amazing people in the studio with us here today, uh, three to be exact. And uh, before we bring on our amazing guests who are very talented in their different uh, fields, I actually want to catch up with you, let you know what's the latest that's been going on with us here at the Create Your Life series. Uh, It's been an interesting week. Uh, We've definitely made some upgrades to... uh, some upgrades to what's going on behind the scenes here, man. We've uh, transferred over to uh, automating systems fully and just consistently improving. You know, operating out of a CRM system now. And, you know, the, the flow for the team is just excellent. You know, uh, definitely happy with where we are and where we're going. Uh, some big things on the horizons as well. So uh, Create Your Life Series family, I want you to know that, you know, sometimes you're going to have to weather those storms and that there's going to be some ups and downs and whatever it is that we're doing. But, you know, you have to stay consistent and, and stay the uh, stay the course. Right. Because life is a marathon, you know, and you can only run it by being yourself. It's the only way to survive. And so that's what we're doing here at the Create Your Life series. We're creating our life and we're building family. We're building team and we're expanding. And speaking of family and team, I want to introduce our guest today. And man. Y'all, just come on air and just say hello to the Create Your Life series family for us, please. Peace and blessings. Uh, my name is Sangu Jakam, uh, actor and playwright, and I'm um, here with two of my uh, collaborators, two genius artists for the upcoming production of the New York premiere of Sinking Inc. happening at the Flea Theater. So we're about to bring hip-hop and spirit and Africa back into the theatrical game, Man. as if it never left. As if it never left, as if it didn't come from there, right? right. And, and please, everyone else, please introduce yourselves. Hey, everybody. My name is Mackenzie Fry. I'm a multidisciplined artist, and I'm so happy to be here today on Create Your Life. Thank you for having us, Kevin. Oh, man, I'm excited. Yes, it is a pleasure. I am Elisha Lawson, and thank you, Create Your Life, for having me on here. Man, so excited. So, Sangu, yes, and, and Mackenzie, you guys, I mean, I had the opportunity to read through your bios, and I'm just like, oh, come on. I mean, I can't say enough about, you know, what it is that you guys done. I mean, Sangu, you have, uh, you know, you got your Play ID, which recently made its world premiere at the National Arts Festival in Grahamstown, South Africa. South Africa is one of my favorite places to visit. Uh, you know, you you were a fellow for your, your artwork in McKenzie. I mean, accomplished actress, uh, originally from Detroit. I Sorry. like that. Y'all both are HBCU grads, too. Yes, I love sir, that, Howard. right? Mm-hmm. HU in the house. Oh, with the yeah. Clark Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. Right. Got yeah. for you. 
Oh, see, here we go. <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to get rid of her bio. That's we ain't even going to read nothing else about her, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, nah, you're right. And, uh, I mean, you've been on Law & Order. You know what I mean? You've done choreographical work that's made it to uh, to Jimmy Kimmel and, and some other things. So my first question out the gates for you guys is how important is collaboration? Because you guys are both accomplished in, in different, I mean, some things overlap, but in different things as well, you know. Extremely important. You can't do it on your own. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me get closer to this mic here. Yes, ma'am. The utmost of the utmost importance. I can't do it alone. Right. And I, I would love. I'm sorry. I'm I'm already off gates, guys. But I think it's of extreme importance. I think it takes a village, indeed. Um, I would say that the work that we're all doing in theater, mm-hmm. and the work that makes anything successful, a business. Um, a bank, um, even even uh, single athlete sports right. are always done with a team. Mm-hmm. They're always done in community. And we are not the only creatures on the planet. Right. So naturally, we, are, we have to coexist. Mm-hmm. Um, in art, collaboration means you can bring more energy, more creativity together. Mm-hmm. and get better results than if you just did it by yourself. Mm-hmm. So this play wasn't created just by me sitting at a computer and then going and telling a bunch of people what to do. Mm-hmm. It was created because, you know, Mackenzie can act and dance and choreograph and improvise and rhyme and Elisha can act and dance and and rhyme and you speak a couple languages too, right? A German. German, you speak German. German. So like, <laughs> you know, like these things are important because the art that we make mm-hmm. and the success of the show mm-hmm. is based upon the fact that people came together like Parliament Funkadelic, One Nation Under a Groove. Right. You know? I like that. That's essential. So how did you Sango, you seem like you're the glue that, that put all of this together. How did you handpick Elisha and Mackenzie and the other three people, four people who are actually in the play singing? How did you handpick these people? And what was it about them that made you say, you know what? These are the people that want to be on, that I want to be on my team. Um, I needed people who understood hip hop in a specific way. Okay. And How who, specific, brother? Tell uh, us something. Specific in the sense of not the hip hop, the commercialized mainstream hip hop, but mm-hmm. what is the inner metaphysical culture of hip hop. Okay. And can you use your skills as an artist to tap into that? Mm-hmm. And so for instance, there are parts of the play that aren't scripted. Mm. Every night they're new. So each artist had to do something new, had to be able to be prepared to give in fact I just sent them something tonight that was like, you can alternate this part for this part if you so choose. Mm. You know? So you I knew Mackenzie from Howard um, we've worked together on a couple of shows. And then I was like, and she did a workshop production of my very first play, Redefinition. Um, and so for her character, Mona Lisa, mm-hmm. it was essential. I was like, there's no one else I can think of who's going to kill it the way Mackenzie kills it. Mm-hmm. Um, Elisha actually did workshops of another character with me. And he has a level of play like Max Roach on drums. Okay. You know what I mean? That you go, if I don't give him room to play, I'm cheating him and the show. Mm. Mm. You know, he can also freestyle as well. 
okay. he can rhyme. So it allows it, but it, it allows me to kind of say like who gets, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I mean this in like a, a liberating way. Who gets the flavor flav type role, the role where you kind of aren't sure what this person is going to do at any given time. So the audience is waiting. Right. Every actor wants that role to be like, oh, you gave me freedom. You know what I mean? Right, right. Mm. Um, Adeshala Osakalumi, he has not just the dance base and the acting base. He's also he also was the last person to play uh, Fela on Broadway. Oh wow! Um, so shout out to him. But like, he also has the spiritual knowledge because this is based in the uh, Yoruba tradition of Ifa, mm-hmm. and so you're dealing with Orisha. So he has that, which is a Nigerian tribe. Which, which is it? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have Kara Young. Who plays Sweet Tea? Who is like a, a not a miniature? She's a large tornado mm-hmm. in a small human form. Hey. So you see her and you're like, oh, what is she gonna do? And then boom, 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 she's knocking over everybody. I needed that. Okay. And then finally, um, Nuri Hazard, who plays Jamal. Mm-hmm. I needed somebody who could rhyme, but also who could at one point show like he's like the force of inertia. Mm-hmm. And then the other point, he's like the sweetest, softest dude. And then I had to encapsulate it all with a black woman DJ. Okay. And the best one I knew for the job was DJ Reborn. Mm. Okay. And that's the show. Wow. So to me, when you just said that, how you picture people, what I gathered was they have to be creative. Mm-hmm. Right? Professional is, you know, you, you've had work with Eli, both Elijah and McKenzie before. So mm-hmm. that definitely speaks to you guys' level of professionalism. But also got adaptive being able to adapt, you know what I mean, and improvise. Yes. And then, you know, fully take advantage, especially for you, Elisha, fully take advantage of that freedom, man, when you have it. You get that green light, you got to do something with it. Yes. <laughs> and they all do. And mm-hmm. and then in terms of collaboration, how right. do we all work well in the room together? Because mm. I didn't Chemistry. just, and it wasn't just my total selection, but I had a lot of influence over right. who should be in the room. Mm-hmm. It was about who do I want to work with in tech rehearsal when we go for 10 hours or 12 hours. Right. Who do I want to know is going to, you know, we all going to maintain each other mm. and help each other out. How important is um, how important is that aspect? People helping each other, because a lot of times with artists, I feel like people think that it's really about somebody tearing somebody else down in order to get that spot. But what you just said is the power of being a community in that room to make sure that we're sustaining each other at hour nine, hour 10. So how. How important is that? And how do you guys, what are some of the things, give us three things that you guys do in order to make sure that everybody's whole when going through such a, a tedious process? Snacks. <laughs> I'm not even being funny. Hands down. We share snacks mm-hmm. um, <laughs> to make sure each other are, are feeling all right. And that we're treating ourselves in the moment mm-hmm. as opposed to just um, waiting until after the job is done to reward yourself. Mm-hmm. I think part of the mo- part of what can motivate people mm-hmm. is knowing that there's sweetness in the moment mm-hmm. as opposed to sweetness later. Oh, I like that. You know, okay. and how do you find the sweetness in each moment? Mm. Um, also, too, with I think another element is that the story is about a group of Orisha, a group of aspects of divine consciousness coming mm-hmm. together to lift somebody up. So the very nature of the play is about lifting up. Yeah. Um, 
So we all carry that within us, all seven of exactly. us. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Which I think is the largest blessing that we're all of like nature. Because mm-hmm. you could have a play about exactly that and then have some jerks in the room and, shit <laughs> right, right. and they don't serve. But I think yes. it's that we're all of like minds and character and spirits where we're all here to serve the work. So we're all meeting mm. at ground level of a point of service. And we also, I think we all believe in abundance. So we're not, you know... There's enough to go around. There's enough space to share. We're all giving towards the same idea of, like, we're here to serve the peace. We're here to serve the work. We're here to serve uh, the art, to serve our spirits, right. to serve our beliefs. I think we all believe in, in just uh, using this peace to empower others, I think, as well as ourselves. Okay. Now, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Y'all going to wet my palate. I want to know what is the where the name sinking ink came from. I need the backstory. I need everybody picture, like tell me what's up. I'm coming to see this. Oh, good. Yes, I hope yeah. so. <laughs> we're, we're coming to see this. The Create Your Life series family. We coming in. So Great. tell us, man. Where did this? What did the idea for sinking ink originate? Why are you guys so passionate about it? That Elisha, you know what I mean, just was like, I have to be here. You know what I mean? That Mackenzie's like, I have to be here with you. You know, in order to to do this press tour. I mean, you guys aren't even in production yet, right? And you guys are oh, out here doing tomorrow. it. Right. But you, before you even get to that, you have people so invested mm-hmm. in this in this project. Why is it so important? Why? Like, tell us how. How's what? Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'll, let, I'll let Mackenzie and Elisha speak sort of about part of that as well as their characters. But Sinking Ink came um, as a riff on Rakim's lyric, I start to think and then I sink into the paper like I was ink. Okay. Um, it's one of the most profound statements in hip hop, recorded statements in hip hop. Um, and I thought about what it means to not sync as in S I N K, but sync as in S Y N C to synchronize mm. with um, your personal ink, your personal expression. And I reflected on my own journey of learning to rhyme and not thinking I could at first, and then eventually employing freestyling as an actor um, and going, oh, I can do this. And I was like, I should write a play about that because I know so many kids who are told that their ink doesn't matter. Mm. And maybe if I demonstrated that it did, it would make people go, it would make everybody go, oh, no, I have a personal ink. God gave me a personal ink, and if I don't use it, what happens not just to me but to the village if I don't use it. Right. So that's where the play comes from. And and, and though it's rooted um specifically in hip hop, though it's rooted in the Ifa um cosmology, it's really about how do people listen to their inner self, whether you call it your inner voice, your gibbity cricket, your conscience, your intuition, whatever it is, how do you listen to your inner self and all the signs outside of you? that are pointing you in the direction to say, follow your path. And um, I just wrote a story about a young man trying to find his voice as an MC and a group of spirits coming in human form Mm. to tell him not only can you do it, it's in your legacy, your family lineage Mm. to do it. And so a family of spirits comes to reconnect him to his family legacy. So that's what this is about, told through rhyming, acting, breaking, locking, popping, spoken word, poetry, uh... And a dope story. And And then these guys, you know, they kick their flows. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Tell them, Elijah. Nah, <laughs> Tell them something. I mean, it's, it's very true. For, for me, when I first did the audition, when I first auditioned for Sangu, I saw, I saw a man who, not, who didn't just write a play. Like, his heart was in this. Mm. And in the first audition, I remember, I still remember this, uh, after, I did the, uh, after I did the first scene, mm-hmm. you said, can you freestyle? And I was like, yeah. This man got straight up from behind the table. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing Songu in its entirety, like not the professional director or writer sitting in front of me. He moved his table out the way, pull out some speakers, like, let's go. And that right there, first of all, I've never been in an audition like that, so that already piqued my interest. Okay. And then second, just being in the room freestyling with another, with another dude who enjoys creativity, enjoys real hip-hop, I was like, I, I got to do something with him. I have to work with this guy because mm. his energy was crazy. And so initially, when, after that happened, I knew I wanted to work with him. And then mm-hmm. it just so happened I got to do the reading with him, the workshop with him. And after the workshop, I remember approaching him like, hey, man, I had a good time. And I brought him in close. I was like, listen, I'm, I'm down. Like, hit me up. If, if this goes somewhere, I'm, I, I want to be a part of this. Mm. And he said, and he looked me in the eye and said, all right, all right. And then, lo and behold, later on down the road, he's like, hey, man, I want you to come in. I was like, I'm there. And I always call him Captain. I'll be like, look, I'm going to follow you, bro. Because he's serious about this story. And you could tell just by the way he's talking about it. This isn't just something he's like, oh, I want to put out there as a spectacle. And one thing I like about this story, this, mm-hmm. this truth, is that he layers it mm-hmm. with spectacles. But at the center, at its core, mm-hmm. there's so much truth being thrown at you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this, this is amazing. I'm all about truth being given to you not just in your face but giving given to you in a way to where you can accept it but it you can leave convicted you can leave wanting to change your life wanting to do better with your life and he's so selective on who he chose but for a very specific reason because we all we all build each other up we bring the best Mm -hmm. out of each other so that we can present this truth to people and of course in this climate this is perfect right perfect it's like that it's that it's that hook coming right at you. You ain't even expecting it, but it's 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 needed. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. needed in this climate. So rise of superheroes. Yeah. This piece asks you to be your best self. It pulls out the best in us. It allows us to challenge our fears. It allows us by playing multiple characters to really stretch ourselves and stretch all of the things that we are and really rise to the occasion using all of our gifts and everything in our utility belt. Do you mm-hmm. hear the call? Are you answering the call? Mm-hmm. Are you wake? up mm-hmm. and then pull out everything that's in your belt and go to town. Mm-hmm. So this piece calls on everyone that's in it to do that and encourages everyone that watches to be that and to, to thirst for that, to be their best self, to be as heroic as they can. And that's and in this piece you get to be free. It's the mm-hmm. dream gig because you have full range to explore. You have full freedom as an artist to use everything you have. You're not limited. You're not told that your, your choices are dumb or aren't worthwhile. We explore everything. And it's, why wouldn't you give everything to a piece where you have full freedom? Sure. So it's, it's wonderful. Mm. I love it. I love it. Now, what you just said about, you know, the timeliness of this piece and, and the importance of this art, I think one of my biggest questions um, is... All of us in here are people of color, right? So as black actor and actresses, uh, what is the most challenging aspect that you face in this particular industry of theater? Okay, who wants to go first on that? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll say this. 
Um, the thing for me and the thing that made me write this play and mm -hmm. actually get into writing because I started out acting mm -hmm. and then got a little, um, how do I put this? Not disgruntled, but I got a little annoyed with the auditioning process. Mm -hmm. I think auditioning gets to be a bit much after a while. Okay. So I started to write. So that was one why thing. So? Why so? Why, why and how does it become be, a bit much? You're going into a room trying to fit someone's, someone else's cookie cutter mm -hmm. um, of what they think you should be mm. as opposed to an audition being a chance for you to show yourself and mm. let that be the determining factor. So with Elisha, and this speaks to the, the, the whole aspect of being black actors in theater, um, with Elisha, I understand as an actor that the audition room is a huge hurdle because you have to determine how you're going to talk, how you're going to look, what clothes you're going to wear to see if you fit this part. Mm. And often our cultural identity is not called on to be in its truth, in its full truth. So people want, for instance, what I call black pain porn. Gotcha. Okay. They want to see our pain, but they don't want to see our greatness. Because that wow. could be a little... If, if our greatness is shown too much, I think there's an assumption that we're going to overthrow something. Mm. Innately. Um, I think that speaks less to that theory being valid and more to fears about what has been done to us. Versus, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that... But I also think, too... Um, People are, the whole structure is based off of one construct and doesn't allow room for Asian actors to be their full selves, Latina actors to be their full selves, um, Arab actors to be their full selves. Mm. The lens, oftentimes, is not the lens of the people you see on stage. It's the lens of the viewers. And the people who are writing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That's very interesting. And so this inspired you to come from to basically switch sides and become a writer so that you can help to control the narrative. Because it sounds like people yes. are really having, in, you know, Elijah and uh, McKenzie, please pitch in, but it sounds like you guys have to oftentimes act according to stereotypes that someone else has predetermined for you. Am I hitting that on the head, right? Or To a certain extent, yeah. It's um, And I've been finding more, especially where I'm at, that now I'm being sent out for roles that, slightly show my potential especially mm -hmm. culturally and just as an african-american like show my potential but yeah, there are those roles that we are pigeonholed and, and you know we typecast it in as you know the, the gangster or the hoodlum or you know s stuff like that or coming from um a broken home with crack and and there are stories that we need to speak to that there are people who go through that but all of us don't live those lives. You know what I That's mean? Like great. all of us come from backgrounds of parents who have done great things and who, and we all innately are great. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, so there is that victory story and this is Absolutely. a celebratory story, I'm which also is something I want to say too, you know, mm -hmm. it's a celebratory story. It's about, like you said, Gordon at its core, a coming of age story, him finding who he already, he already is. He just doesn't realize it. Mm. And there's something to that of speaking to young Black men and women of, do you know who you are? <laughs> you know who your ancestors are. Do you know are? who your mm -hmm. ancestors were? You know what I mean? It's, it's innate. You know, mm -hmm. it's about us realizing it and then walking it out. But um, all speaking to as far as that is, yeah, I mean, you, you do have those hurdles to go over. But we're in the generation now where you create your own. 
Will you create your life? You create, yes, sir. You create your life. I'm <laughs> yeah, glad I can be the yeah, one that, that you know help you plug that in. <laughs> I see you there, Kevin. But um, <laughs> yeah, you create you create your own life, and it's a beautiful generation to be in. You know. Okay. So with that being said, yes, create your own. Yeah. Create your own story, just like Sangu is doing, and I'm glad we could be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And and so you guys are saying something that I think is important. And so with you changing the narrative, right? Because oftentimes. What do you think are some of the reasons why uh, diversity in theater is is not that big in terms of even attendance? What are some of the reasons why you feel like, you know, uh, minorities don't attend a theater as much? I think some of it might be what you already spoke to as mm-hmm. far as being typecasted. So it's like I don't want to go and see myself look portrayed as such, which is even why I don't go and see certain movies and, and certain uh, watch certain shows. But what are some of the other reasons that you feel like? It's expensive. Okay. It's um, the same amount of money can be spent going to a nice restaurant for dinner and a movie, mm. maybe something else. Um, it caters not just to it doesn't it's not just that you have people of color who aren't often going. Mm. You don't have people under a certain age mm. not going. OK, like a young professional mm-hmm. white kid who's like maybe just out of undergrad or grad school. Right. At the time they're out, they may not be able to afford a $75 ticket when that $75 can be used to pay for something else. Right. Um, the other thing, too, is that you got to program it in the season. Hmm. We were the at, we did this at the Alley Theater where World premiered. We were like the only black show. We were the only show of color, I mm-hmm. believe, that was in the season. Yeah. You know, um, that was distinctly a show of color mm. as opposed to like. If I do, I mean, they did Christmas Carol and they had black actors in it. I think Freaky Friday, another show they did, had actors of color in it. But a show that is that makes a point to say, no, this is a show written from um, a, an actor of, of, of artists of color. And these are artists of color on stage. Like, that doesn't happen often. And the conversation about diversity has been going on for so long mm-hmm. that I really think it's about power. Not so much about diversity in principle. Mm-hmm. If you thought that people from India's story mattered to the larger theatrical canon, mm-hmm. you would program it without thought. Mm-hmm. But if you have to go out of your way to specifically be diverse, then diversity is not yet synced into your DNA. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? I definitely understand what so you're I'm saying. So not, I'm not writing to actually work against changing the narrative. I'm functioning from the initial narrative I was born into. Mm. And if I decide to adapt something outside of my culture, that's cool. And, you know, I, I'm not sweating that. But understand that, like, to me, casting, casting the right actor is legit casting the right actor. Mm-hmm. And casting actors and knowing that they've got to be of a certain ethnic background for this show and any other show I write is important, too, because they matter to the play. They matter to the story. So mm-hmm. if I have an Arab actor, that actor matters to the story. Mm-hmm. I need them. And to say you need somebody in the most basic sense changes everything from being a question of diversity to a question of human community and, and, the need to, and purpose and the need to have each other. Well, beautiful people, uh, there you have it. You know, it's all about purpose. (laughs) You answered my question fully. 
Hi, I'm Diane. I have a daughter, Nikki, and she's a senior at high school. She just got accepted for early decision into college. Prior to taking Kevin's program, we were pretty overwhelmed because her college debt after her merit scholarships looks like it's going to be about $150,000 in four years. Feeling pretty overwhelmed about that $150,000 potential debt, I decided to enroll in Kevin's debt-free college academy full course program and I have to say the value for the money uh, for what we got out of the program was absolutely amazing. Kevin takes you step by step with many many different tips and many different strategies for not only the student but for us as parents for our student things that we can do to really help save money and prepare. If you or your child are looking to save money on college costs, sign up for Debt-Free College Academy today at DebtFreeCollegeAcademy.com using coupon code FREECOLLEGE. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and we are back. We have some amazing guests here. We have Mackenzie Fry, Sangu Jikam, and then we also have Elisha, who is here, blessing us with knowledge about film and theater and also about diversity in film. When we left off, you were telling us uh, why it's so important to cast people to be uh, to be themselves and to really uh, project from their cultural um, lens. So I want to ask you guys, what are three things that we can do as listeners, as a Create Your Life family, and as people to help uh, diversify theater even more and bring uh, a wider audience to what it is that you're doing? I think, one, um, buy tickets to shows like Sinking Inc. Uh, Where can we buy those tickets, brother? You can go to Flea dot org um and their tickets are on sale now um and when you come to the theater uh unlike the i think the status quo of theater come to make noise <laughs> in the show mm-hmm. that really that really sends a great message to people who program theater mm-hmm. and the third thing is um after you see the sh- these shows tell the people who work there you want to see more of them mm. oh Mm. Yeah, I Boom. like that. Okay. That's, that's asking yeah. you shall receive. <laughs> right. That's it. And then and going further behind the scenes, like Sangu, uh, writers, mm-hmm. those who are writing, yes. those who have that skill, please write these stories. Yes. Write these stories. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to write these if stories. If you believe you have the skill, follow your belief system, exactly. folks. Exactly. Because yeah. that's what we need the stories that in there <laughs> in order for us to go to see the shows. I like that. So now I want to switch modes and kind of get into you guys' personal business. And, you know, when we were talking at the break, you know, you guys talked about balance, right? Because you're, you're working as, as artists, but you're also working other jobs. So can you tell us a couple of what other jobs? What's the, what's the craziest job you've worked? Like, give us, we want to know. Like, what's one of the crazy jobs that you've worked while you've been on your pursuit of your journey? Because you all have been at your journeys for how long? Have you been like on this path to getting where you are now? All my life, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Honestly. Was there any particular thing, like let's say, for example, like for me, like I, I graduated college, I just knew I was going to be a clothing designer. That's all I ever wanted to do. And then in about 2009, there was like a switch for me. And then in 2011, I really started to pick up and become a uh, professional speaker full time. And so that uh, on this trajectory, this one that I'm on now, I've been at it for about six six seven years Mm -hmm. and so for you guys i'm saying like when when was there was there a defining moment for you that made you say you know what i'm going to follow this this path here 
Well, I know for me, um, I was working because I was born overseas. I'm a military child, so I was born in Germany, and I lived there 20 years. So okay. I was working lots of odd jobs there. Mm-hmm. Um, the crazy, well, not craziest job, but I worked as a bagger for a commissary. Mm-hmm. A lot of military families come in, but I would just get tips just to bag people's stuff and then walk it out to their cars. That was my first ever job. I was the youngest person working there because mm-hmm. I was always a go-getter from, you know, my parents just put that in me. Okay. The the pendulum, the switch that made me say, oh, I want to pursue acting mm-hmm. was I was the first black Santa Claus in eighth grade. Um, and I did it just so I can get this, just so I can kiss Mrs. Claus because the girl who was Mrs. Claus was like, hey, I don't nice. want to kiss this other guy who's going to be Santa Claus. I would rather kiss you. I was like, what? She is fine. I would love that. So I auditioned, <laughs> not knowing I can get it. Kid you not, this kid looked like Santa Claus. <laughs> Hands down. It was like a movie. I came in the next day, walked down the hall. Everybody's looking at me at the list. Slow motion. Like, have you seen the list? I'm like, no. They said, you need to see the list. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Santa Claus, Elisha Lawson. That's what changed it for me. I did several performances. Yeah. I was like, yo, mom, I, I liked it. She was like, yeah, you did really good. I was oh, like, so nah, you got several kisses from Miss Claus? I got several kisses oh, from Miss Claus. So it was winning all over. I know. <laughs> and future daughters, I buddy. was winning. It was Santa called, Santa had the blues, but then I didn't have the blues. I right. was very happy. Um, I was stuffed. I was stuffed with tons of pillows, by the way, because I was, you know, skinny. skinny. I'm still am, yeah. yeah. But no, that was, that was what did it for me. Mm-hmm. That was what really did it for me. And then, of course, as I went along, I took the craft more seriously. Mm-hmm. And I was already dancing before then. Mm-hmm. But then the acting really played a huge part. So I incorporated it, too. And I told stories through dancing okay. with the acting. So Got you. Yeah. What about you, Mackenzie? Well, I mean, I got to run through a stream of events. So this is not that easy. Just give us one. Just give us one, one big moment. Uh, it's too many. I can't cheat myself. <laughs> that, that's the truth, sir. Okay. I'm still, I, I come from uh, a, a strong dance background, a very like ballet discipline, and that discipline has allowed me to put that on other disciplines and excel. I feel like if you have a discipline, if you have faith, and, well, discipline, faith, and you can do anything you want to. Discipline mm-hmm. plus faith meets anything, and that's why I'm adding on the commas. I'm like, well, what well, else I like do that. I want to do? Self-defining. I wanted to get out of people, well, you just dance. No, I don't. That, that's not it. That's not the totality of me. So let me take time to find out what I want to do and let me have the faith to pursue that and all of the things. I have a whole lifetime here to find out everything that I can do. And because I'm disciplined and because I have faith, I'm knocking that out. And my resume can show you that. Okay. It's well, more than one. Be all you can be. Hey. Just do it. Now, Mackenzie, you are an actress, a songwriter, and a choreographer, amongst other things, mm-hmm. and you're still not done. Mm-mm. But while on your journey of creating your life specifically, yes. um, as a multidiscipline performer, how did you go about adding and perfecting each discipline? Did you do it all at once? Did you kind of like master something and then move on to something else? Like, what was that process like for you? One thing led to another. I followed my belief system. I believe I can songwrite, so I'm just going to do it. And then I have enough faith in myself to share it because it's not going to get anywhere if you don't share it. No one's going to ever hear it if you don't let someone. So Mm -hmm. I'll push it forward. And someone picked up. And if they didn't, I'll share it with someone else. I'll share it until someone picks up. Mm -hmm. Or I'll produce it 
until, you know, you keep working. Like, learn to run on your own fuel. You can't go out like, well, let me get someone else's fuel. You run out of fuel, and then what do you do? You have to become self-producing. You have to know that your belief is enough. Give us three, give us yes. a couple things that you do in order to make sure that you keep producing this faith and this motivation yourself. Because right now, you fired up. I'm feeling a passion practice. over here. The practice. When you love something, you practice it. I practice songwriting all the time. Even if it's a line, I practice dancing. I dance wherever I want to. Mm -hmm. I test my faith. I throw it out there and see if it sticks. If I'm in a room and I hear a beat, I'm going to dance, and I'm going to crack my soul open and go for it and see what and who shows up, and that's how I know it's real. Mm. And that's how I can have a testimony, like, yes, I, I was afraid, and I threw it aside and, and saw what showed up, and that's how I know it's real. Test your faith. It's like a muscle. You go to the gym, you work out, but then what do you do? If you don't lift something, you don't know if everything that you've built up really works. Faith works the same. On, not, it's not just on a Sunday. I just go and practice faith and that's it. See if it works. Try it. Like, I believe I can do this. Wham. Try it. That's how you know. And then practice it. Okay. That's it. Mm -hmm. So, Sangu, what about you, brother? What, give us a, uh, a I just wanted to act it first. Okay. <laughs> um, and I'll give you just two quick points about sort of where the shifts happen. The first shift was when my brother was doing plays in high school and okay. my parents were throwing him parties afterwards. And, <laughs> and we're separated by seven years. He's yeah. seven years older. So he's probably listening right now. Hi, John. Um, <laughs> and when he went to college, I was like, oh, so if I get in a play, can I um, have a party? They said, yeah, well, I got into a play and I ain't getting no party. <laughs> Oh, but I, I, I know, it's crazy, right? But I realized I actually loved it. And um, when I went to Howard, I saw a play written by Camila Forbes called Rhyme Deferred. Mm -hmm. And that's the first time I saw uh, my overt love and my secret love in the same place. Hip-hop and theater had merged on stage. And I said, mm -hmm. that's the work I want to do. Now, um, one probably tenet of all of that mm -hmm. is... Um, I spent time trying to learn one thing at a time mm -hmm. because I wanted to master something. Mastery is called that, yeah. Yeah, um, but I realized that that tends to lead you down other paths automatically. Mm -hmm. you, you're not actually able, if you're fully pursuing something, to just stay locked in one place. It mm -hmm. works against the universe, it seems. Mm -hmm. um, and so I realized there's a relationship between freestyling and improvisation okay. for theater. And what is that? Um, the ability to think on your feet, the ability to get out of your way mm -hmm. artistically mm -hmm. and not worried about whether you got it right. Tell me, I mean, because yes. this is something I feel like a lot of creatives are just entrepreneurs and people, period. Mm -hmm. We all tend to get in our way. Can each of y'all provide us one thing that you do in order to get out of your way to make sure that you can be great on a day-to-day -day basis? Don't judge. Don't judge yourself. Just do. What's mm. your intentions? Be clear on what your intentions are. My intention is to serve through my art, so I'm just going to do it. The power of that. If, if it's just to serve the art, to serve the call that you hear inside, then I feel you're good. And do that. Test it. Practice that. Be in the practice of your faith. Be in the practice of your beliefs. Mm. Build that like a muscle, too, so it becomes a conditioning, so it's like breathing, so it's just a part of your life. It becomes a part of your swag. Okay. I would say, um, man, it's like it's like cake. I would say cake, and what I mean by cake red is velvet, red velvet, okay, indeed. Just checking. We, uh, yeah, we gotta have the red velvet with the cream cheese frosting. Now. Hey man, um, <laughs> and the reason I say cake is because um, in finding the sweetness, 
what you find is what success tastes like. Mm. And there's a line in the play that Elisha says. And my character says, what happens if I lose? What happens? He says, no, no, no. You're asking the wrong questions. What happens if you succeed? What happens if you go beyond your own expectations? Mm -hmm. Mm. So part of what I think will help people get out of their own way Mm -hmm. is literally to place tangible things in your life that you associate with success. That's why I mentioned cake. Like cake is delicious for me. So things which are tangible, Mm -hmm. if you begin to create a mental connection that this is what success feels like, I've had it already. Mm -hmm. You're already, I think, to Mackenzie's point, in the practice. And that's one thing that I would say. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I definitely would say uh, fear. So when you're scared of something, it's because you don't, you pretty much don't know what it is, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's when fear shows its ugly face. So. Uh, one thing I was told one time is success is little things done well every day. And like McKenzie mm. said, the more whatever crafts you're going into, the more you do something every day to get you closer to it, the less fear you will have. Mm. Because it's like somebody saying tire shoe, something as simple as that. You're not going to be, oh, my God. Oh, okay, the <laughs> right. left goes over the right. Bunny ears. No, like you will laugh about that. You just do it unconsciously. It's because you've been doing it since a kid when you first learn it. So every day, think about it. If you're constantly working on your craft, whatever that may be, every day, it's, it, it, you, you're like not perfecting, but you have it down so well that when it comes time for somebody to call on you, the fear, you'll be, the nerves will be there, but the fear won't even bother you. Mm. So, and, and I think fear is, is another way of getting in your way. You know, fear, mm-hmm. all it is, is you coming up with things in your mind of things are going to go wrong and right, that's, right. you're getting in your way. Absolutely. So fear will start to start to show like disappear once you start to every single day really nail those little finite things and for example i found out i was like what can i get better at and that's memorizing lines because once uh, one thing is you want to get the lines out the way so you can play Mm -hmm. be free to play and the lines won't be Mm -hmm. in your head yeah you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. every day i wake up i have a series of things i do but one of the things i do is i memorize long two pages of monologues i just i go off through the whole day memorizing and i'm building that muscle so when I get an audition from my agents, like, yo, you got this audition, it's some monologues, you good? I'm like, I'm straight. I can knock that, aud- I can get that memorized down so where I can be free in the audition room to be like, now I'm going to show you my choices. And then you come in, you're already different from like five people because you know they're going to have the paper. So now they're looking at you like, who's this guy? Mm. He has his lines down and he's coming here with choices. Mm. You're already in their mind. So it's just about finding those little things that scare you, nailing them down, finding out how it works, you're like a, a architecture. You're finding those little things and you're building them. The practice of facing your fears. For somebody who's aspiring or who's in, in you guys' field and they want to do better, want to uh, reach you guys' level of success, give us a couple of the resources that you use on a daily, weekly basis in order to make sure that you're you know, staying at this level. Uh, 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 well, okay, so what I, I re, as far as re, what I do in the thing is three things that I do. I work on, I do voice warm ups, mm-hmm. I do movements, mm-hmm. um, whatever that may be, but I do movements and, and I also do uh, memorization. Okay. And sometimes scene breakdowns. I do that mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. when I wake up. So, one, two things I reference um, is Uta Hagen's uh, acting book. Uh, it's uh, the, 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 chal- the actor's challenge. Challenge for the actor. Challenge for the actor. Mm-hmm. That is my reference Bible. 
Uh, that's what I was taught in school, and I found that I find I find that that's the one thing that works for me. You visit it every day, or how I visit it. Yeah, I, I visit it every day. I do it, whether it be like uh, going over a sentence or something that I went that I highlighted. I look at, but okay, and then I incorporate that or whatever mm. scene I'm working for that okay. day, and I do that every day, so it's in my arsenal. So whenever I do get a play that comes, I already have my list of things I do to break down a script. Mm -hmm. So I'm just ready to go. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because we just had this fight yesterday with Mayweather and McGregor. And you look at both of these, but you look specifically, especially Mayweather, like he has the same thing he does. Yeah. Every single time. I watch perfection. Mm -hmm. I love behind the scenes stuff. And I I watched all his behind the scenes, Showtime, every fight. I'm like that with Kobe, man. Kobe exactly. Ryan. That's yeah. my that's mm-hmm. my best friend. He he's like that with Kobe as well. But you watch him and he doesn't change anything. That's why he's like, I'm the greatest. Ain't nobody gonna beat me. Cause he has a system. He does he doesn't deter from it. Right. It works. And he does it every day, like finite. Hard work, and you just and, and everybody's like, why? Yep, hard work, dedication. Why am I attracted to this? It's because he's showing you the blueprint. Mm-hmm. And when you make for yourself a blueprint mm-hmm. that you're comfortable in, mm-hmm. that cultivates your skill, mm-hmm. that's it. Mm. But you have to have your blueprint. So for those who are listening, what is your blueprint? Every day, what do you have every day in place that is building you to that provision, to that actor that you want to be in the future? Right. What do you? What are you doing every day? A lot of people say, oh, I want to be an actor. What are you doing? What's your blueprint? Are you right. reading plays every day? At least one play a week? Two plays a week? And then meeting with somebody, breaking down the scenes? Character mm. analysis? Like, you got to have these things ready to go. It's about blueprint. Have it. Jay-Z? Also, <laughs> don't wait for a stage. Yeah. See if if what you do works in real life. I I one of my jobs is working in nightlife, and every day I I thought about this today. I'm like every day I make the decision to face a fear. I you know I'm crowds. I get scared. I get nervous. I get performance anxiety. But in this place with with strangers, if a song comes on that I'm feeling, I crack open and dance up through all around and get it everywhere mm. and, and I see how it works in real life not with people that are I'm patrons of the theater I understand what this is no I want to know how this works in life in life stage if everything that I believe and practice really really works if it stirs up people to want to open up themselves like I don't want my magic just to work on actors I want it to work on people I want them to feel the human beingness when you watch Michael Jackson go off mm. it's undeniable when you watch Prince go off you feel the spirit in them they open up and make themselves available to to whatever free spirit is in them and other people are empowered as well they will how do I do that Break free mm-hmm. in your life. That's how to live a wonderful life. Break free. If you feel it and it feels right and it feels pure, go for it. Be in the practice of getting yourself free. Be in the practice of believing that what you have is worth something and is valuable and can feed others. And I feel like once you do that, you can drop that anywhere. You can drop that on stage. You can drop that in a song. You can drop that in a play, wherever. This is how you should live your life. It's not about art. It's not about none of that. Your life to enjoy your life, the totality of your life, be, Mm -hmm. share that. If you're full of joy, share that. Mm -hmm. People need it. People are so hopeless right now, they're looking for something. That's why they're on Instagram so hard, like likes, likes, likes. Forget a life. (laughs) I think uh, one resource that I look at is The Alchemist. Oh, man, that's my favorite book. One of my favorites. Uh, Star Wars. Okay. And hip-hop lyrics. Hip-hop lyrics, particularly of certain eras, um, you can rock, you can roll with so much soul. You can rock till you're 101 years old. I don't mean to brag. I don't mean to boast. 
but we like hot butter on a breakfast toast. You know what I mean? What what hip hop does? That? That's uh, Sugar Hill Gang, Rappers okay. Delight. What hip hop does is it um, teaches people that you have to speak it into existence, mm-hmm. and I think uh, even to rhyme is an act of manifestation. Mm-hmm. So one resource that I actually use really is to listen to rhymes and to read sometimes what the lyrics actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, even stuff like don't push me because I'm close to the, the edge. edge right. You know, like what are, what are you actually saying? You're, you're saying um, there's a limit. There are boundaries. Right. And I need you to respect that, those boundaries. But hip hop actually is a wonderful teacher that not just motivates you because I listen to it in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, p- the pull-up bar and some hip-hop is the Creed <laughs> soundtrack. Uh, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but also, too, like, I know a lot of people listen to it sometimes when they're going to their office job. Mm-hmm. They listen to it when they're going, you know, to, like, broker a deal. Why? Because the rhythms, mm-hmm. which are essential, they're our heartbeat and all of that, mm-hmm. um, the, the syncopation, Mm-hmm. And what's actually being said, you know, started from the bottom, now we're here. And actually, hip-hop lyrics are a great resource, along with what everybody else said, are a great resource, even for artists, mm-hmm. to feel confident. And that takes care of a lot of the journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Confidence. So yes. w- give us, real quick, I got two questions for you, but mm-hmm. real quick, one thing uh, from each of you, just real quick, one thing that you guys do in order to make sure that you maintain your confidence. Practice it. Consistently. Okay. Um, I definitely will try to do one more push-up than I did the day before. Okay. To help get through the the pain and also try to be still for five minutes mm-hmm. so you can just feel what the feeling is and then you can practice getting over it. Okay. Uh, inspiration. Uh, I find that behind-the-scenes stuff or whatever inspires you, I ask people, what's inspiring you? I feel like that's important. You find what inspires you and every time you watch it, it, uh, it, it rekindles that fire that, oh, wait, this is what I'm supposed to do, whether it be watching a movie, seeing a TV show, you know, whatever. Just inspiration and stick to that. Okay. Yeah. Last question. Nobody can escape the Create Your Life series without answering this question. So I need a real quick three from each of y'all. What three things would you tell someone who is looking to create their best life, starting with you, Elisha? Uh Okay. Um, no pressure. Relax. No, 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 no pressure. I know, right? He saw me breathing. He was like, hey, bro, brother. If y'all could see me right now, he'd grab me by the shoulders, and he was like, listen, brother, nah, let me stop. Um, okay. Uh, number one, a blueprint. Uh, whatever, Create your blueprint, whatever you want to do every day. Because I, like I said, what I learned, success is little things, little things done well every day. Mm-hmm. So blueprint. Uh, second, uh, have faith. Whatever you believe in, whatever your faith is, um, have faith in that. Um, I would actually switch those around. Um, number three, uh, inspiration. Like I said before, I don't know. It's something about watching the greats do it, watching people who have already done it. It helps you to know that, oh, it's possible. So those are my three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number one, and these are no order of importance, but um, do things with your body. Muscle memory helps to take care of a lot of the fear, of mm-hmm. a lot of the um, lack of discipline. And it also takes things out of the ether and makes it tangible. Mm-hmm. So whether that's exercise, dancing regularly, stuff like that, do something with your body. Okay. Second, study someone who's done what you've done. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. even if it's just one aspect of you of what you want to do. Um, study somebody who's done it and learn the blueprint and figure out how you might modify it for you. Um, and the third thing is get in tune with how life works. And by that, I mean the relationship between achievement and the steps between achievement. I don't say failure. I say the steps between it. And, and so what I mean is um, the way life works from what I understand and how you help create it is if you recognize that the end goal was is a pyramid is the top of the pyramid. Mm-hmm. It's built on brick after brick, layer after layer, of various different things. Some of the things you have to wait for, mm-hmm. and so a lot of people talk about pushing and persistence, but they don't talk about patience, and they don't talk about what happens when Good sometimes God. the reason you didn't get something is because it wasn't for you. Mm-hmm. And so if you study the in-betweens of achievement, you understand how to create your life. Get that. <laughs> Man. Man. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mackenzie. It's all right. I forgot the question. <laughs> let me, let me right. Cool. We was all wrapped up in that. It was, what three things would you tell someone looking to create their best life? Know that you're enough. Mm. Try everything you think you can do, because mm-hmm. you probably can do it. I don't think that God just gives you things just for nothing. It's because there's a possibility. And uh, have mercy on yourself in the process. Wow. Have mercy on yourself in the mm. process. That's, That's huge. I got so many quotes from y'all. It's, y'all our Wednesday, Wednesday, Wisdom Wednesdays is going to be all y'all for... <laughs> We'll come back with the rest of the cast because they'll drop some more (laughs) pearls on you. So uh, real quick, man, uh, where can people go and buy tickets to the play at? And how can we stay in contact with each of you? What's your social media, following website, all of that? Drop it on us. uh, Starting with you, Elisha. Uh, So my Instagram is just Elisha Lawson. It's E-L-I-S-H-A. And then Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N. And that's both Facebook and Instagram. I don't really use my Twitter, so I need to get on that. Um, people can get tickets at the flea, um, F L E A dot org, the flea dot org. Mm-hmm. The show is called Sinking Inc. Mm-hmm. Um, show starts September 25th, goes through October 29th. Uh, I am Sangu Jikam. I stay kind of invisible on social media. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you want to find me, you got to come to the show. <laughs> Love it. You guys can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Mackenzie Fry, M-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-F-R-Y-E. Awesome. Well, beautiful people, thank y'all so much for coming in here today. Thank Thanks for so having me. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Good yeah. luck creating y'all's lives, y'all. <laughs> See yes. you at the show. And after those three things that they dropped on us, I guess this is the only fitting song that I have in a repertoire for them. So, Smooth Criminal, MJ, and beautiful people, make sure that you come to createyourlifeseries.com, cylseries.com, and sign up for our newsletter so you can find out about our upcoming events and collaborations. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. 
Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life. 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 Create your life.